It's unscripted, the Field of 68's Michigan State Basketball Podcast, presented by Bet Rivers, our sportsbook partners and friends. Carter, we were texting, little live betting happening during this game. I was all over high point, plus 22 and a half to start the game. You and I both were all over a little live bet, Michigan State to cover, second half extraordinaire. They run away with a nice little run in the second half, powered by Gabe Brown. So, Bet Rivers, shout out to you because I made a little money off this game, although at times it may have been a little ugly one way or the other. But, Cart, I guess, sorry, that's a very roundabout way of introing you in this one. How are you feeling after all that? Uh, not good. I don't think any Michigan State fan should honestly truly feel good after that game. And if you do feel good, uh, find your nearest mirror, take a deep look into it. And maybe take a quick little deep breath and evaluate why on earth you would feel good after that game that we just had against High Point. Uh, don't want to, you know, get get too deep into it to start off. But let's just say there's some hashtag talking points about this game and some hashtag concerns on my end that were very, very real. Carter, in the spirit of the holidays, you know, we're coming off Christmas. We're heading into a new year. You know, maybe at some point we could talk some resolutions, maybe. But for now, Cart, I, I just want to focus on the positives. I'm feeling the love. I'm feeling the energy. Like, yeah, 81-68 final, I believe, against High Point. Not necessarily great. Not going to blow anybody's brains out. But, like, there were some goods, right? Can we talk about some goods to start this before we get into the bad? What was good? Say something nice about that Michigan State performance. Joey Hauser played well. Played very well. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> Care to elaborate? Nothing else? No, no, that's it. Joey Hauser played extremely well. It was good. Uh, the, the one positive that came out of this game is that Joey Hauser was able to shoot the basketball. Um, I mean, we've been talking about it all year, how he has all the capabilities, all the jump shot mechanics, all the makings to be a close to 40% three-point shooter. I will settle for 38 37% at this point. The fact that he shot close to 30% or below 30% on the year from three is honestly baffling to me and something that should not be uh, something that's relevant. So it was good to see him hit some shots. Uh, I mean, he really honestly, normally he did what he normally does, except, you know, I think he had a couple more opportunities with some guys out um, and he stepped up and he played extremely well. Um, I think that Joey right out of that game was the second you know, biggest positive for me, the first big positive was Gabe Brown, uh, more specifically Gabe Brown in the second half. When you have these games where you're struggling and, you know, in particular, that first half offensively was some of the worst offensive basketball I've seen from Michigan State in a long time. I got flashbacks to last year uh, <laughs> into how our offense was running in the first half. And look, you have guys that are captains, you have guys that are seniors. And they're supposed to step up in situations like that. And Gabe Brown did that. He led by example. He played extremely hard. He was all over the glass. He was knocking down shots. He brought the energy that was much needed in the game that we were lacking a lot of energy and lacking a lot of things going right our way. So that is one positive. A couple of positives I'll take from this game that was honestly riddled with negatives. Yeah, I want to briefly mention with Gabe Brown because I, I think he played a phenomenal second half. Overall, he played well. I would say that was a good game. I wouldn't say that was like 
Oh my God, Gabe Brown's best game of his career, though, because I thought he was pretty bad in the first half. I believe he was second, second half, second half, second half. I believe he was two for nine from the floor in the first half. And what I want to give Gabe Brown credit for here is he didn't let that two for nine spook him. He still finished with 13 three point attempts. Uh, you and I have said after seeing him in person a good amount this year, it really just looks like Gabe Brown can get his shot whenever he wants it. And I think tonight was the first time I ever felt. Like, he was looking to shoot every single time. I think in games when Max Christie is there and when there's other guys there, he still is a little tentative. He's been getting his shots up, but, I I mean, there's no reason Gabe Brown cannot get 10-plus three-point attempts a night. And people might say, 10 threes, really? Is he that prolific of a shooter? Like, shit, he shot six for 13 tonight, and he was cold for an entire half. And these were, again, not wide open threes. These were just Gabe Brown can shoot over anyone whenever he wants two threes. I don't think that's going to change in Big Ten play. Um, There's not a lot of wing defenders. We've talked about that. And to me, the more Gabe Brown shoots, the better. Because over the course of his career, it's been a very efficient shot for a Michigan State offense that has struggled at times during his career. So credit to him. Great second half. Joey Hauser, to me, uh, looked totally different than he has been this season. And it's not just because the ball went through the hoop, in my opinion. I think he did see the ball go through the hoop. He was three for five from three, but he finished with 17 points, 11 rebounds, three assists, even some plays that didn't end up in an assist for him though. He was the one creating the action. He was driving baseline and kicking. He was beating his man. They were playing through him in the high post and the low post. And then getting cutters off of him or kicking back out the shooters. Like he is capable of doing more than catching and shooting. And that's been the fallacy of Joey Hauser in his Michigan state career is like, Oh my gosh. Imagine the best case version of this guy. Imagine if he shot 40% from three, imagine if he was the secondary creator on this offense, because he is skilled at passing. He's skilled at a lot of things. And tonight of all the guys on this team that played tonight, who were forced into a larger role. To me, Joey Hauser is the one who was most prepared and obviously performed the best. I mean, Joey Hauser looked like, oh my gosh, I have an opportunity here. And I don't know if that was necessarily something that was communicated or intentional or a mental thing for him, but man, it was good to see because if we can get even just these simple actions out of Joey Hauser going forward, when Max Christie's in the lineup, it bodes really, really well for this team. I agree. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Like we're not asking for, for him to be the best player on this team, but obviously in a game like that, granted it's against high point, but that doesn't matter. Like you can see things that he can do on the basketball floor. The ability is there, which makes it even more frustrating when we get some of the performances we get out of Joey Hauser because we know what he's capable of. So seeing things like this are good to see for him personally, I know it feels good to see the ball go through the hoop, no matter who's on the other end. No matter matter what team you're playing, seeing the ball go through the hoop is an absolutely beautiful thing. So that's good for him. It was good to see. Um, And we needed somebody to step up, obviously, because uh, holy hell, I got to watch my language. But I I did not think that we were going to be this combobulated by losing, you know, Bingham and – Sorry, Bingham and Cormac. So, uh, good Lord, thank you, Joey, for stepping up. 
Yeah, if you want to send handwritten apology letters to Joey Hauser, you can funnel them through me. Go ahead, send them to Greg Waddell's address. I will me, make me, sure they get. I don't think I'm referring to me personally. No, I'm talking to everybody. I've, you've you've okay. done a pretty measured job with your criticism of Joey Hauser, but I just wanted. I've been saying all year when he plays well, I want that praise to be as loud as that hate was, and I don't necessarily feel we got that. I saw some back and forth on Twitter yet again of like, oh, Gabe Brown gets the game ball. Maybe Malik Hall should get the game ball. Like, eh, maybe the first name tonight honestly should be Joey Hauser because without him in the first half, this might have been a six, seven point deficit going into halftime. And until Gabe Brown's shot did start falling, he was the only thing keeping this even a one possession game for Michigan State. So just give him the praise. I mean, he's been a consistent rebounder at the bare minimum this year. He continues to be a, a honestly a great rebounder for this team. Um, and if he can do some things off the dribble and just be a little more of a heartbeat in the offense, it's going to help. Maybe it'll help his shots start falling too. Maybe the more involved he gets, the more comfortable he will feel as he catches and shoots. All right. We said some good things. Can we start to say some bad things now? Or is that too quick? Anything else positive we should talk about? It's, it's time. We cover the positive. It's, it's time to get to the nitty gritty. Okay. I, I have a list here of some things that uh, I would nitpick here. And you tell how, me how, how, hold on a second. How long is that list? Uh, honestly. And don't you lie to me. No, honestly, I only have three things. Oh, wow. Well, three, three and a half. Three and a half. <laughs> three and a half. <laughs> it's three and a half. It's three real criticisms that I think are worth noting. And then a, a half one that is just like an observation in general that bugged me. I'll get here. I'll, I'll start with the half one. This was the alumni is on game, right? I've, I've been to my fair share of alumni is on games in person. I've seen them on TV. Like usually it's a little bit of an event former is own members spartan grads are pretty excited you bring the family maybe it's a christmas gift it's a pop in atmosphere for whatever reason that did not translate on the television today like there was a moment where i believe they were down one or two points with like 12 minutes left in this game and michigan state missed a shot and high point had the ball with the lead and it was just dead silent like you you could hear like a few faint people cheering uh, I really couldn't believe that. I mean, look, it's a 3 p.m. game on a Wednesday. That should be outlawed anyway. Like, nobody in college basketball should be playing at 3 p.m. on a Wednesday, in my opinion. But, like, come on, alumni. Be a little better. Like, maybe get off the seat. Maybe stand up a little bit. Maybe realize we're in a one-possession game with high point. We need some energy. Didn't like that. Was kind of expecting Izzo to maybe throw some shots in the post game, But I haven't heard any quotes from that. So, there's my half criticism, Cart. I thought your half criticism was going to be in regards to, you know, the guy from High Point today who's half the size of everybody in the stadium, including the players and fans, cooking us. But go ahead. Oh, if you're referring to uh, my new hero, Bryson Childress, the five foot eight, 139 pound sophomore who averages 1.8 points per game on 30% from the field, who made his first four threes tonight, many of them wide open. Uh, no, I would not consider that a criticism for Michigan State. I'm just going to give credit to Bryson on his performance today. I can't believe we got cooked by a half pint foster lawyer. That really absolutely eats at me, but go ahead. That was strange, man. The defensive effort was not there today, and defensive effort isn't one of the things on my list, which maybe is should crazy. Be. Should we start should there? Be. Let's can start I, with defensive I, effort. Go ahead. Can I talk about the defensive effort? Please, go ahead. Okay, uh, I think we pointed about we pointed to this or hinted at this in previous episodes, but 
I wouldn't even say, you know, effort is not the word I would use. I would use just simple breakdowns or just simple assignments missed. I know breakdown, I literally just said another long form version of breakdown. But the amount of breakdowns that we have on the defensive end that should be simple rotations, simple switches, you know, knowing the scouting report type things are extremely alarming because those are the things that in close games, those, those are what swings games, right? And, okay, obviously we're playing a high point team. Our talent can overcome, you know, things, making mistakes against high point. But we're not going to be able to do that moving forward. Uh, I thought there was an extreme lack of focus and attention to details, especially in pick and roll defense um, that were alarming, especially from our big men. Uh, I hope that, <laughs> you know, Marcus Bingham, if you do want to come back for another year, we would not mind. I don't I don't think you want to. But, you know, seeing seeing the backup center position today was kind of tough to watch. Uh, it, it's alarming. Um, I know that we have Jackson Kohler coming in next year, but I think we should also be refreshing that, you know, transfer portal a little bit too to see what's out there. Cause I think we're going to have to find something in the transfer portal, but, you know, I thought this was a big opportunity for Julius Marble and Maddie Sissoko to show some things uh, in extended minutes. And I do not think that, you know, they took advantage of their time out there. Uh, they looked lost on the offensive end. They ex look extremely lost on the defensive end. It was almost unwatchable at times, especially in that first half. Uh, so, you know, it was an alarming thing. Yeah, as far as defensive effort goes as an entire unit, I felt that this team just sort of looked like they knew they could outscore high point, and at some point they would, and at some point the shots would start falling, and they were just sort of waiting for that to happen. It was like they didn't need to go out and get stops. Where was the floor slapping? Where was the we're going to like blah, 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 the dog mentality that Michigan State so often does in big games? Like it was just a lethargic, not their mental defensive performance to me. Uh, and then I thought that changed a little bit down the stretch, and it literally only changed when Gabe Brown started hitting shots. I think there was a sequence when Tyson Walker hit a wide-open corner three, Gabe hit back-to-back kickouts with a hand in his face on the wing, all of a sudden State's up seven, and all of a sudden there's some energy defensively and there's talking. Um, I'll chalk that up as just a, a weird game. No Marcus Bingham makes a major impact, obviously, because Marcus Bingham has been – uh, you know, maybe the best post defender in the Big Ten, if not the country this season. So you, you lose him. He's the foundation. It certainly makes things more difficult. There is no backup post defender on this team. There's backup centers, but there is no backup defender. There is Julius Marble and Madi Sissoko are not that. Uh, and it put pressure on the wings and the guards, I thought, to, you know, really do something. If they made a mistake today, they were going to get exposed and they made a lot of mistakes. So yeah, we were we were sleepwalking. It was lethargic that first half. I think yeah. that's a good word. That's a good word for it. It's like I'm gonna go ahead and make a little married, uh, you know, kind of a little synonym here. You know, you had that Christmas Eve party on or Christmas Eve dinner slash. You know, maybe go to mass at night on Friday. You wake up. You do Christmas at your fiance wife's house. You do Christmas later that day at maybe your parents' house, then maybe go to another family's house. It's like that last family's house on Christmas. You're really just going through the motions at that point. You've already had the holiday cheer. You're feeling lethargic at that point. You're forcing down the drinks. It just doesn't feel natural. And that's really what that first half was, just absolutely going through the motions. 
you were going through the motions at one of your family Christmases. I can't imagine that. You're such a primetime performer. I can't imagine you taking a Christmas off cart. I was worn. I was kind of worn down. I was like, I was like that Jimmy Butler meme when he's leaning over the scorer's table, just like, just tired. Being a husband has changed you, my friend. Sorry, right. I uh, I have more belief in you than you do. But let's. All right, can I, can we get to my list? I have three individuals I'd like to criticize for certain okay. things today. Number one, I, I thought I thought we kind of refrained from attacking individuals on this platform. I'm not. I don't mean to attack any individuals, but I'd like to analyze some performance slash decisions made by three individuals. We don't attack individuals, but we are a call a spade a spade yeah. type podcast. So if you stunk, we're going to say you stunk. And, the, and it's okay to say. And it's okay. That's it's okay. It's the, the MO of unscripted, as we've said all year. It's okay to say that things are good or bad when they are. And that's where I'm at with three things today or three people slash decisions slash things. Number one, Mari Sissoko is not it. Mari Sissoko is not a rotation player at this point in his career. I'm done with the Mari Sissoko experiment. If you want to get him one two-minute stretch at the end of the first half in conference play just to say you did it and check a checkbox, we can go ahead and do that. I'll be in support of that. But when Marcus Bingham is here, Marcus Bingham should play as many minutes as Marcus Bingham can play. And if that answer is 25 minutes, then Julius Marble should play 13 to 15 minutes. And that's it. Because Mari Sissoko, no offense to Mari Sissoko, but Mari Sissoko looks like he has never played basketball before. And I know that that's actually somewhat true. Like, oh, he just picked up a basketball a couple of years ago. Credit to Mari Sissoko. He's an athletic specimen. He's physical as can be. I get why the fan base wants Mari Sissoko to be a guy, but he's not it. He was missing dunks. He was blowing defensive rotations. He was just like coming up way too high on an entry pass and leaving the baseline guy wide open for a dunk. He couldn't finish. His hands looked bad. He fouled almost every single opportunity he had to foul. I don't see it with this guy. And to be quite frank, I haven't seen it in the limited minutes that he's played. And I've heard a lot of rumblings of like, Mighty's basically given us great off the bench minutes all year. I haven't really felt that way. I don't think we've seen that. I think we've seen a guy who looks athletic on the floor and isn't Julius Marble. And because of that, there's some confirmation bias in Spartan fans' heads of that guy needs a bigger role. Well, today we saw what he would look like in a bigger role, and he's just not ready, Cart. So it scares me for next season. Obviously, next season, the beautiful thing about next season is it's next season. Things can change, just like Marcus Bingham did. But I don't expect Madi to necessarily ever get there. Uh, and I think any hope of him being the starting center next season should really be slowed down after day, today's performance. Yeah, I think it really needs to be slowed down. Honestly, I've reached a point where if we do get anything and Madi becomes a, I don't know, in the future, not this year, like a solid rotational big man, like it'll color me surprised and I will be surprised and I'll be happy about it. But the fact of the matter is, like we've seen what he can do in limited minutes. And I think that people are looking way too or focusing way too much on the thought of what he could be than what you're actually seeing with your two eyes. He's a physical specimen who 
that's really what he is. He's a physical specimen. I mean, he he doesn't have it up here yet as far as thinking the game through IQ basketball-wise. Granted, that might be because he hasn't played that long. Maybe that'll come with time. But you're missing dunks. You're missing defensive assignments. Um, there's really no reason why you should really be out on the floor unless we're just trying to – I mean, the only thing I can really think of at this point is all you can do is take up fouls. Like, right now, Maddie looks like – a player that needs a red shirt year, honestly, like he needs a year to get it together, figure it out. Um, I don't, I would not bank on him being the starting center, honestly, throughout his Michigan state career. I just don't think that he has the makings to be that type of player. Um, And if he does become that player, like, okay, yeah, I'll eat my words, but I'm just saying what I've seen, he hasn't shown me anything that's like, okay, like this guy, in the future could be our guy. Yeah, I I mean zero points, three rebounds, three fouls sort of speaks for itself. I I feel like right or wrong, this is something you and I do and we make a lot of jokes about, but like the handsome coach fallacy. Like we we point to coaches that just look good in a suit and it's like, ah oh, man, they, they people really love this guy, think really highly of this guy. I kind of feel that way about just like physical centers. Like you look at Madi Sissoko and you're like, oh, that guy's a monster. That guy's a beast. But if Madi Sissoko looked like Ricky Doyle, the old Michigan center, and was just his performance was exactly the same, but he looked like Ricky Doyle, no one would be clamoring for Madi Sissoko minutes at all. So I, I just haven't seen anything on the floor that points to me that this guy's going to be a guy. And today was a big opportunity, and it was really a failed opportunity. I also would kill for Ricky Doyle over Monty Sissoko, by the way. And I'm sure you would, too. That's tough. You Do you want to say the text you texted me about Monty mid-second half today? What, what's, I, what's, I, what school he would look pretty good at? I, you know, I just think, like, maybe, like, this is not – like, I think this year we've seen and people have pointed out, like, it's not disrespectful to say that maybe this player just isn't a Big Ten basketball player. Hashtag find his level. Like, maybe Big Ten basketball isn't for Madi. Like, maybe he can excel somewhere else at like a lower, you know, non-Power 5 school, a Mac school, perhaps, or somewhere else in Horizon League school, something like that. Like, it's not disrespectful. Sometimes that's just their level. Like, Foster right now is cooking at Davidson. That's just his level. That's that's you know that's where he can excel. Maybe Maddie's not ready to excel in the Big, big Ten. It is what it is. Yeah, look, I've been wrong before. I was wrong about Marcus Bingham, but I don't see the flashes in Maddie. So uh, rooting for him, but major missed opportunity for him today. If we're going to talk about Maddie's performance today, th- this is not a guy on my list, but I think it's worth discussing. The other guy who had a massive opportunity with the guys that are out today was Jay Nakins steps in um he started today right he started at the two yeah one for three from the floor hit a corner three open late that was kind of the game ceiling game clinching shot his shot continues to really impress me was pretty surprised with how much of a non-factor he was elsewhere during that game for major stretches today though i am not concerned about it because uh i think it was just a total new role for him and You know, maybe you could flip this and say, why are you concerned with Sissoko but not Aikens? But, like, it's different for a freshman who has never, ever started a game in college basketball before being put in that spot where 
you know, every time he's made an appearance for Michigan State so far, it's been, I need to go do things. Like, that's the impact I got to make things happen. Today, it kind of looked like he didn't really know when he was supposed to do things. Like, am I the fifth option? When do I assert myself? When do I not? He had an offensive foul trying to take a step back jumper at one point. One of his missed shots was like an offensive rebound, immediate step back long two. Just kind of didn't love his IQ today. And like I said, I don't feel like he felt comfortable, but um, less concerned with Aikens. What's your take on Aikens after today? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. I just think that he's been so used to this role this year of coming off the bench and just being a spark plug. And basically, like you said, just going out there and making things happen. I think that in a starting role today, he just kind of never really got into the flow. I think a lot of thinking was going on into it. I think a lot of in his head, he's like, shit, like, I'm starting like this is it like I'm about to be starting for the Michigan State Spartans I think it was getting to him a little bit and just led to some overthinking I'm not too concerned about it uh and for anybody who says like okay you, you can't say you see it in Aikens you see it in Sissoko like that with all due respect go to hell seeing Aikens do it in stretches of games we can put him on the floor for 20 plus minutes and he'll make an impact and do the right things especially on the defensive end uh so not even in the same ballpark or close uh, I am a little disappointed, though, at the same time. I was very excited to see him in this role because we've been asking for, you know, not necessarily starter role, but an increased role for Jay Nakins, you know, him doing things in the offensive end. So all in all, a little disappointed, but I wouldn't use the word concerned at all. I just think the new role just didn't really, you know, didn't really click with him today. Yeah, I'm still hoping the end result is more Jade Nakins with everybody back healthy. And I don't know that today necessarily helped us get to that end result, but one way or another, I think it's good for the team if we get there, and I think we will get there. All right, let's move to number two on my list of pointed criticisms. Tyson Walker. Look, I, let me give my quick mini monologue on this. Everyone's heard where I stand on Tyson Walker. I've gotten shit for it. It is what it is. Fine. I've come around a little bit and said the point guard play for Michigan State has been really, really good this season. I stand by that. Collectively, between Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogard, they're getting quality point guard at that spot damn near every single game. The second half tonight, I thought A.J. Hogard was outstanding. Tyson Walker was a non-factor. Again, in a game where we are missing the starting center on this team and we are missing the guy who leads the team in minutes and the most talented offensive player on this team in Max Christie. With those two guys gone, I would look up and down this roster and say, you expect your point guard who has at one point in his career been the leading scorer on a team to be a little aggressive, be a little assertive, and go out and get some buckets against high point. Instead, what we got from Tyson Walker tonight was 0 for 4 from the field in the first half, one for one from the field in the second half on a wide open corner three, four points, three assists, and two turnovers. Now, Cart, I'm taking a deep breath here because I have seen and heard Tyson Walker be compared to flashes of Cassius Winston. I have been ridiculed for asking, just posing the question, would you rather have Tyson Walker or Tum Tum Nair? Tonight was a Tum Tum Nair performance from Tyson Walker. Okay. Five shot attempts, make one of them score four points, play 25 minutes and do that. He's a non-factor. And as far as I'm concerned, this is like 
at least the seventh or eighth game where there's at least been a half of basketball with Tyson Walker being a total non-factor. Now, if I'm blind, tell me I'm blind, please, because I just don't see what people are seeing in this guy that is so drastically different than what I'm seeing. No, I mean, yeah, and the one thing you failed to mention as well is also he was getting cooked by Bryson Childress. Like, you were the CAA Defensive Player of the Year, and you – don't know not to let a guy who's five foot five get a shot off because that's literally all he can do. Like just on top of that, just bad. Like, and you know, Tyson has been steadily making improvements and showing things in the last like five to six games up until this point. We've seen what he can do. We've seen flashes of his scoring ability. And then you come out today with a great opportunity. This was a step up type game. And the only person to me that stepped up was Joey Hauser and then Gabe in the second half, if you want to give that to him. Uh, but Joey Hauser was a guy who took a, took the role of stepping up today and really stepped up for this team. Tyson Walker had that ability. You're being guarded by someone who is, with all due respect, a bum. Go blow past that man and go score. We need you to score. We're missing pieces. We're not playing well. The offense isn't going well in the first half. We needed you. We, this is the time we needed you. I find myself referring back. You seen that meme of that superhero that's like laying in the bed in the picture, and he has a picture frame in his hand and has a picture of somebody inside. That's me at night looking at a picture of Tyson Walker in his northeastern jersey, and I'm putting my finger up against the glass like God. I used to be such a bucket. Like you can do it. Like, and the fact of the matter is, the worst part about it today is I would have even loved it. If he went like four for 16 from the field, at least get some shots up four attempts and you're not even getting to the free throw line either. It's just a, it literally just, he gave us nothing on any, in any facet of the basketball game today. He was an absolute non-factor on both ends. And it's just disappointing because he has the ability to affect the game on both sides of the ball. And we didn't get it today in a game where we needed it. And yes, we won, but at the same time, not, you know, just n- not a, not a good thing. Not something that I'd really want to like hang my hat on. Like it just doesn't make me feel good inside. Yeah. It makes it worse that we've seen flashes and I, I would yeah. call them flashes and that's all that I will call them right now. I think Tyson Walker's probably had one great game in a Michigan state uniform. And other than that, it's been a lot of inconsistency and look, the good news is I think this team has proven they don't need great play from Tyson Walker to get where they want to go this season. And preseason, the thought was we need Tyson Walker to be great in order to go where we want to go. That's no longer the case. You need Gabe Brown to make six threes on 13 attempts every single night. And you need Marcus Bingham to come back into the lineup and be who Marcus Bingham is. And if you get those two things, and Malik Hall chips in once every two games, and Joey Hauser chips in once every four games. Like the sum of this team's parts are good enough. It doesn't matter. We just need passable point guard play. But this team is never going to take the crazy leap some were hoping they would with Tyson Walker doing what he did tonight. Uh, and I look, I'm going to be hard on Tyson Walker because I can't fathom all the praise and the acceptance and the love he's been getting. I don't think he's been good. I think the story of Tyson Walker's season has been a lot more nights like this than it has been otherwise. And again, 
It's one thing if you've got all the guys there tonight. Tonight you didn't. Tonight you went into this game maybe thinking, oh, it's a big opportunity for Tyson. Go show some of his scoring ability. He wasn't there, and he set the tone both offensively, defensively for a really flat performance. Uh, and honestly, thank God for A.J. Hogarth's second half. He finished with, I think, eight assists um, down the stretch of that game. He was aggressive. He got to the rim at will. And part of that's why I can't shake the feeling in my head, Cart, that like eh, Hogarth's ceiling might still be a little higher than Walker's. I don't know. I don't know what to make of these point guards. Yeah, I, 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 would, I wouldn't say that. But also, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. And you tell me if this is a stretch. Because we've seen a lot of things saying that, Tyson Walker is showing flashes of, you know, basically go down the list of top five of the greatest point guards in Michigan State history. And at some point, someone has referenced that they show flashes of that player. Um, this year, not to the extent that I think, or, or not to the extent how it's going to sound when I say this, like we're seeing a lot of basically some good, some bad, and for some reason, the player that comes to my mind is Rocket Watts. Like, Tyson is not Rocket Watts. Like, don't get me. That's not what I'm trying to say in this situation. But basically, like, he'll have a good, like, Rocket would have these good scoring games. And people would be like, oh, Rocket. Like, yeah, Rocket's that man. Rocket's a bucket. And then Rocket would go out and not have good games and not have good outings. And now we're getting the same thing out of Tyson. Like, we get some good games. Oh, yeah, Tyson turning the corner. He's doing this. And then we get games like this where he's a complete non-factor. And, you know, it's he has the ability, like you said, but we got to see some type of consistency. And we know he can do it, which is why, like, it's not a big ask for Michigan State fans to kind of expect that. Like, he has the ability to do so. Yeah, I, I don't hate that. Um, I, I think maybe the way fans – have perceived Tyson Walker reminds me of the way fans perceive Rocket Watts where yeah, that, like, that, that's, that's yeah. what I'm kind of trying to say. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I agree that it's a lot of like, Oh my God, the promise, like oh, he's come on. You're really going to take that guy over Tyson Walker. Like I, I believe that was there with Rocket Watts after his first year. And then at some point there was a turning point of just like, okay, now we're all mad at Rocket Watts because he's not helping the team. I don't think that's ever going to come with Tyson Walker. I think he's unselfish enough and part of the Rocket Watts issue was selfishness. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't think there will ever be a moment where the fan base is like, ah, Tyson Walker's not it. But it's going to make for a pretty infuriating divide for me because I will be the only person to go on record and say Tyson Walker's not it. I mean, look, can you win games with Tyson Walker at point guard? Yes. Can he get you six assists a night on one and a half turnovers? Yeah, and that's all great. But like – the story of this Michigan State team to me is not, oh, point guard play is so improved and it's one of the best in the Big Ten Conference. No, the story of this Michigan State team is everybody else around them improved so much that they don't need much from their point guards. Like, <laughs> this year we've got Gabe Brown making 24 points on efficient shooting. We've got Marcus Bingham being what Marcus Bingham is. Like, we have a five-star wing in Max Christie that we didn't have last season. All of those things allow – point guards like Tyson Walker and AJ Hogard to be total non-threats as offensive players. They're total non-threats to score themselves. I mean, this is like, I mean, Rajon Rondo-esque, right? Without the creativity of Rajon Rondo, but like these guys are not looking to score for themselves other than AJ Hogard. He's tough. It, it, there's some similarities there is all I'm saying. I, I will say the one guy of the two who does look for himself to score is AJ Hogard, who at all times, no matter situation, nothing 
is trying to do like NBA 2K my player where you're he knows his my player can't shoot so he just has to get to the rim. That's how AJ Hogard plays. Like he's just looking to get fouled or shoot at the rim every single possession. But uh yeah, I'm uh I'm just out. Like it's very quiet is what I'll say. It's very quiet about Tyson Walker today. And God forbid if Joey Hauser was one for five from the floor, wouldn't be quiet. That's all I'm saying. So tell me if I'm crazy on that. Let me know. Holler at me. Yell, yell at me in the comments. I'm fine with that. But uh, I don't see it, and I hope it changes because tonight he was really, really bad, and it was part of why this was a dicey game down the stretch. All right, you ready for my final criticism, Cart? Yes, I am. I, I miss when you didn't watch the game. It's a lot more fun for me. I'm sorry. Um, look, hey, you survived Bryson's strongest punch today. Okay? <laughs> we had the Jamal Kane game and the Bryson Childress game. Yeah, you should be proud of that. Um, okay, this is the first time all season that I'm going to criticize Tom Izzo. You ready for this? Why was Davis Smith in the game in the first half of this game? Just a, a message to send a tactic. So that was just to send a message moment. That was it. Yeah, just, yeah. Sorry, just a tactic to send a message. That's all. I think that's all it was. Okay, then I'm fine with that. If that's what it was, I'm very fine with that. But I saw Davis Smith in the game in a one possession game in the first half and uh, was ready to throw things, Carter. Sure. But you know, we three to four players out, not playing well. First half, absolutely terrible. Uh, call the timeout, shoot them out. They didn't respond to that. So, I mean, I, I just chalk it up to him using it as a tactic. I mean, we haven't seen Davis Smith play in any game this year unless it's in the second half and there's under two minutes to go and it's a blowout. So, I, I'm, you know, I don't really chalk it up to anything as, uh, but a coach just trying to find some way to send a message to his team that you're playing awful basketball. Okay. I, then I'm with that. I uh, I will take back my criticism of Tom Izzo because I, I think I can actually buy that. Um, but yeah, if look, if the team only had six players and Davis Smith was the seventh, I want to see a six man rotation. Okay, that's where I'm at. Like I don't I don't need the messages in a one point game. I don't need the blah blah blah. Like just let, let's just play the guys who are on scholarship who can play, and maybe build up a lead before we put Davis Smith in the game. Would be my take. But. Yeah. If it's a message, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, Tom, Tom, you, I, I mentioned it before we got on here, but Tom mentioned it after the game. He actually grabbed the microphone and he thanked Tubby Smith. Uh, I think he acknowledged, I think Tubby might have hit a milestone with co games coached or something, something like something of that variety. So he thanked High Point, thanked uh, Tubby Smith, thanked the crowd for coming out. And then he also referenced that his team played extremely bad today. And he's sorry that the fans had to watch that. He promises we'll have a better product on the floor the next game we have. He also acknowledged that Tubby Smith outcoached him vastly in this game. And he said, good luck to the football team tomorrow. And, that, and then he followed up again by repeating himself, saying that he promises there will be a better product on the floor for the next game that's coming up in the new year. And I believe Tom Izzo when he says that. I do. Good to hear. All right. Uh, David Smith, for the record, finished with zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks, and one foul in his minutes tonight. So, yeah, not far off with Tyson Walker. Not far off from Tyson Walker at all. All right. Uh, big picture stuff. Anything worth noting? I mean, this was kind of the last tune-up, really, before we get into Big Ten play here, Cart. You confident? Yeah, I, think, 
I'm I am I think this Northwestern game is extremely big for us. I think it's uh a game that we need to win. This Northwestern team, not saying they're like a top six or top five team in the Big Ten, but they got some pieces like Pete Nance is a really good player. If you haven't taken notice, Pete Nance is one of the best players in the Big Ten. Uh, Boo Booey is a Spartan killer. We have seen that throughout his time in Northwestern. Uh, and this Northwestern team, just for reference, thanks to, you know, basketballreference.com backslash Greg Waddell, I was reminded that this high point team lost to Northwestern by, oh, I think, 35 points. 35 points, correct. Yeah. So, and we were just in a barn burner with them. So obviously we have pieces missing, a lot of different situations, but this Northwestern game is big for us. Um, I'd like to see it come to a point where we get to that Michigan game undefeated. And I think that this Northwestern game would be the best chance for us to slip up before that point. So, you know, all in all, just get I'm glad they got I hope they got this shit out the way with this high point game because that was bad okay so let's move on and let's get in the big 10 play and let's do what we got to do and win the games we got to win yeah I'm gonna once again open the door an opportunity here for me to throw some egg on my face but I'm gonna go on record card I think Michigan State loses at Northwestern to Sunday that is my prediction I don't feel great about it but I think Northwestern's good Okay, we did our little sleepers podcast where we invited some teams to bowl games. I think Northwestern is like a legit fringe top 25 team this season. I think nobody realizes that. Like, Boo Boo, he's been efficient. He's been a high-volume scorer. Pete Nance has been a first-team all-conference type in the Big Ten, and just nobody realizes it. I think Northwestern is itching for a big game. I think they're hosting this game. I think, like, it's a big opportunity for a program that has – waited a long time to have the firepower to win a game like this. Uh, and Michigan state is not playing well right now. Right. Say what you and, want about that run at the end. They're not playing well. And also to your point, like we've said it before, um, but you know, this Northwestern team, I think they realize that they are good and they got something yeah. this year also. And this is, I guarantee they've had this game circled on their calendar. Like, okay, we're playing good basketball. No one wants to take notice you know, we're going to win this game. Like if I'm Pete Nance, I'm circling this game. Talking about I've been doing all this shit all year and no one wants to take notice Bet I'll see you when we play Michigan state since everybody's watching them. I'm going to show you like, yeah, if no, no one wants to show up to my table at big 10 media day, big facts. Okay. I'll see y'all against Michigan state. Like this is a game for them to make a statement. So we're going to get their best shot. If we play like we did today, we lose hundred no percent. Yeah. I, about. uh, I, I want Michigan state fans to view this game as if this was like going to play Maryland at Maryland. Like this is yes. not like a cupcake Northwestern game. This is like that a dicey 50, 50 game against a decent team. Uh, I also think like, again, no offense. I don't think Michigan state's the 10th best team in the country right now. I think they're closer to 20th. I think at full strength, maybe, but like with definitely without Bingham, this team is not close to the top 10. Yeah. Well, but luckily, luckily we, we, we still got Bingham. Okay. And also that 20 was a little overreaction. I don't think we're the 10th. But I, I mean, you know, college hoops this year, you can say that about anybody. Like, I don't think Iowa State's the eighth best team in the country. No fucking way. Oh, no, no way. Like, they're not. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Conference plays here. Now the real deal is here. You know, like I always, I always said, I want to be playing my best basketball going into Big Ten play. 
Well, today was not evident of that. So let's just hopefully pick it up and start off on the right foot. Yeah, I, I'm also, like, while I'm being negative on Michigan State right now, I just want to say this will be a game that, like, is wake-up call for them. Like, I think if they do lose this game, as I said, that I'm predicting they will, I think they're going to rattle off, like, five straight wins, including a win in Ann Arbor at Michigan a couple weeks down the line. So this is not me, like, saying I hate this Michigan State team, nothing like that. This is just I, this is a trappy spot against a really good Northwestern team, and then all of a sudden they'll wake up, they'll be motivated, some guys will turn the corner and they'll go from there. Uh, real quick, though, just to reassert, I said they're not the top 10 team, and you kind of, like, rolled your eyes at me on this. Let me list 10 teams real quick that I think Michigan State's clearly not better than, and you tell me if I'm crazy. Wait, no, I, I rolled my eyes at the point at the fact that you bumped them to 20. Okay, can I, can I just run through teams that maybe we would unanimously say are better than Michigan State, and then maybe we can point to where Michigan State should be? Unanimously better? Okay, like – just unanimously better. Like that means that like, I don't think Michigan state can beat that team or no, just teams that are better than Michigan state. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Baylor. Yes. Duke. Yes. Purdue. Yes. Gonzaga. Yes. UCLA. Yes. Kansas. Yes. Arizona. Yes. Would have been Houston when healthy, but I guess we can drop Houston now. Okay. Um, Auburn. No, I I would not go right out right now and say that Auburn is better better than us. No, but I'll give I'll give it to you for the sake of this argument. Okay, the rest of my list goes Alabama, Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee, and then I would put Michigan State after that. So you tell me that number. I feel like that's twelfth. Okay, like I said, I wasn't I wasn't upset at the them not being top ten. I was more upset at the fact that you bumped them out to twenty. Yeah, there's there's a lot of other teams I'm not naming that I think are dicey. Say that. I'm hey, like like I said, not mad at you, but gotta play gotta play the games in front of you. Gotta win the games in front of you. Some teams don't win the games in front of them. That makes them not good teams. So. Is what it is. This is true. Michigan State continues to win, and that's a good thing for unscripted. Carter, thank you, as always, for doing this. We'll have another episode next week post this Northwestern game. Any final words for the Spartan fans at large? Uh, No, just uh, have a lot of positivity coming into this Big Ten play. I think we got a really good team. I think we can make some moves. I don't think anyone's going to want to play us if we're playing our best basketball. We have the pieces uh and for all you making new year's resolutions out there maybe instead of making resolutions make intentions because you know if you make resolutions it's the end of the world if you don't do them just make some intentions make better steps towards being a better person better friend better father better husband whatever it is be great this next year well done card and look let's hope that today was not the high point for the michigan state basketball season my friend i doubt it was but you never know you just you just ruined all the work we just put in this whole this whole time. I'm sorry, it was there and I had to take it. It's uh, okay. Nothing, nothing, nothing will, nothing will ever surpass the the Beaver tomato. I don't even want to know what that was, but that was your by far your worst of the year. So you 
that's that might be a close second, but you didn't know you didn't uh surpass the number one for this year. But we got a Wait, whole nother year for you to do it. Rapid fire, what's your personal New Year's resolution? Me? Yeah. Uh I'm going to work out in the morning before work. Wow. I kind of want I think to it, I, I kind of want to steal I, that. Yeah, I think it'll free up time for me to do stuff podcasting wise, stuff with the wife, stuff around the house. I think it'll free up a lot of things. Okay, now give me one resolution for Tom Izzo. Rapid fire. Mask up and take your vitamin C. <laughs> All right. You heard it here first. All right, Carr, thank you. Uh, happy New Year, my friend. I'll talk to you in 2022.